you know, that just means we got to continue to win games right now. And um, if we win the division, great. But, uh, you know, our goal isn't to win the division. It's it's to uh, to bring a cup to, to Calgary. That ugly cat, is his name Hunter? <laughs> Baby, let me ask you something. Is you down? Oh, here's Lindholm, shot, scores! They go into the goal. Lindholm to the middle of the shot, block, and shot, scores! Matthew Kachuk, what a goal! Back to Matthews, in front! Oh, what a stop by Markstrom! How does that not go? And play continues. Monaghan back across, Mangiapane scores on the backhand! What a play as he worked it up his foot! In with Lucic, plays it over, Lucic scores! From Monaghan, Monaghan, Rodin, scores! Sean Monaghan in overtime! Like Shillington, Rodin, scores! last night like put them in dirt i don't think words can like express how much i love tyler Tavoli, dude it is ridiculous how for two years i've been talking about how i wish we had him on this team and he's here and he's here like it's like man since he's arrived in calgary okay seven goals 10 points 10 games Point per game, single-handedly being ending our biggest rival last night. In terms of his on-ice production, three of those goals, even strength, five on five. Two on the power play, two in the empty net. It's like, okay, this guy has fit in so seamlessly and just, like, (laughs) dude, our power play, our power play is – so much nicer with him on it. It's not even funny, the difference that it makes. I think that right shot on the power play and Tyler Toffoli himself, he just, he's such a calming presence on the ice, especially on the power play. Like, I don't know what it is. It's not like they've been together forever, but that power play unit looks like they've been slinging the puck around the ice for five years together. Like, the, the amount of space that he creates on the ice for that power play is ridiculous dude like just last night like just comes in open slot the way that he roofs it that close and tight he put that so top corner like so and like i mean so you go out and pick up to foley and 
obviously that's an accusation that you're looking for to boulder your team in the playoffs. He comes out in a game against your biggest rival, the Battle of Alberta. We haven't won one yet. And he pots two beautiful goals. Tell me, like, how could you ask for more from your trade deadline accusation? We talked about this last week, but whenever the guy scores, his, like, his raw emotion after a goal, I don't think any player has been able to get me that juiced up based off of facial expression since, like, Christopher Steve was here. I'm in love. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's hard eyes. Like, it's, wow. Like, seriously, wow. The fact that yeah. I think the measure of a good team is one that can still win big, tight games even when they show up on their B game. And that's what happened last night. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of flames versus refs, and we still won. Like, there was – how many power plays did Edmonton have last night? They had – let's see. Edmonton – four. I guess both teams had four power plays, but the ref kicked one into the slot when Jacob Markstrom should have shut out the Edmonton Oilers last night. Um, yeah, whichever dumbass decided that <laughs> officials should be considered in play and legal, I, I just want to talk. But, like, where was the ref looking? The puck was coming around the net, and he was staring at center ice. Like, if you're going to be in the zone, at least have your head on a swivel and know where the fucking puck is. Like, like even Markstrom tried to downplay it, like, in his press conference. I'm like, you professional. If it was yeah. me, you'd have to bleep out like half of my interview. <laughs> like just, he's such oh, a perfect. I mean, in my mind, Jacob Markstrom got his ninth shot out of the year last night. Oh, hundred so. percent. I um, there's this dope um guy on Instagram, Nifty Crispy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he posts like flames, like TikToks and stuff, and Flames Nation always like reposts. He yeah, posted something last night. It was like an edit of like shutout leaders and he just like changed it to like nine with like an asterisk. And he was like, yeah, this happened. <laughs> I was like, that was dope. I had to repost that. That was great. Um, so do you want to start from the Minnesota game and then we'll circle back to, yes. to the Edmonton? Okay. Let's do that. So All right. dude, the Minnesota game was the definition of playoff heavy hockey. And we absolutely we handled ourselves pretty nicely. There was almost 90 hits thrown in that hockey game. Just so heavy. It's like, like it, every uh, time the puck battle, every time somebody went in the corner, like there were bodies being thrown. And like everyone was playing mean. Like Kachuk was playing mean. Coleman was playing mean. Um Dude, like Blake, Blake Coleman has, like, he's really, I think, uh, right now he's been winning over the fan base. If you're not at least impressed with the way the guy has been playing the last 10, at least, um, you know, what he says during conferences, like the, his, you know, winner mentality, that's huge for this team. And that's why, that's why he's here. And I'm happy he's here because, just like, I mean, we'll get into the Edmonton game, obviously, and all that. But, you know, even in Minnesota, like, you know, that line that when they were still together, the Manjapani back when Coleman line, yeah. like they, they produced that night. Um, yeah, they, they had a great 
yeah, even the game before, like at home, uh, you know, when we did play the wild here, talked about it last week, they also put up, you know, like they've been impactful and it's, it's what you wanted the second Blake Coleman was signed. Like, I think we all thought of like a Manjapani Backlund Coleman line as being like, Oh shit. That looks like it. That sounds nice on paper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the fact that like it's been working and I mean, we got a little break from that obviously last night, but just the essence of the fact that, you know, whichever, whichever guys that you're plugging in, you're still able to go in and execute your system to a T even on nights when you're playing your B game or, you know, when you're playing Montreal, even on those nights, like the, the team is still putting as much of an effort as they should be. I feel like fatigue is now starting to be a really huge factor when you take a look at the schedule mm-hmm. And it makes me very intrigued for what this upcoming week is also going to look like. Like tonight, we've got Washington, Tampa on Thursday, Detroit on Saturday, Colorado on Sunday. Like it's it's, very busy. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Daryl even alluded that like last night that like, you know, both teams look tired. Right. So it's something that I think is interesting in the sense that, okay, now in the start of March, you're starting to feel and sense the fatigue element come into the compacted schedule. Yeah. And you start wondering like, okay, let's see how this week is going to play. I'm very intrigued to see how we play against Washington and Tampa, especially Uh, tonight. I think the guys are going to be very tired, but um, Daryl did a really good job of spreading the ice time around last night. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, even when like the fourth line, Lucic had a couple bad turnovers and like, in a game where you, if you say you have two days off after, he's probably not getting that much ice time the rest of the game, but Daryl stuck with it and he spread his ice time around beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, you know, we had to play Washington tonight and be ready to go for that. Uh, but back to that Minnesota game, um, they were treating that like a playoff series with Minnesota. That's what Chucky said in his, in his press conference. Uh, they had the home and home. They were going to treat it like a, like a playoff series we kind of gave the boots to minnesota at home and you know they were going to come out physical and want to give it right back to us but um special teams pretty much the difference maker in that game the flames go two for three on the power play minnesota goes zero for four um the penalty kill still looking solid every night god bless our pk seriously it is probably the nicest pk i've ever seen here it's the way they talk when like as soon as a player turns his head or has his back away from whoever's defending them, they pressure and they create turnovers. And even last night against Edmonton, how many shorthanded breaks did we have? I mean, like, Backlund, the Backlund alone had two. Toffoli had one, that one where he yeah. almost passed the post, that was uh, shorthanded. And other than that, like we were creating turnovers at the blue line all night. It was just like, man, like I, I like, it is so beautiful watching Flames hockey this season. Like I have never been, that's a lie. 2018, 19, I was a little bit of a dick, but it's fine. I have never been this hyped just in general, watching a course of a season. This is 
real sustainable hockey. And if there's anything that we've learned 55 games into our season is that this team, win or loss, A game or B game, they are hella consistent in what they're trying to do. They're going to be tough to play against every night, night in, night out. There's whereas you look back to old Flames teams and they would roll over and die if things weren't going their way, like absolutely die on the ice. And we haven't seen that this year, really, other than maybe the Vancouver game. You could say they rolled over and died in that one. Um, But that that was just an unlucky game and it didn't phase the team. Right. They kept Mm -hmm. their head on like level on their shoulders. They came out the next game and they got another W. So. They're like Daryl's message seems to be every game is a new game. You go into it, new game. Doesn't matter what happened last game. And that's, yep. I think, like, you know, if this was the 2019, you know, Jeff Ward Flames, um, getting slapped 7 1 by the Canucks and then a home and home against Minnesota, that we're talking about a three game losing streak. Oh, 100%. Like, like it's not even. There's no sliver of, there's no feeling that they're going to get over that sort of hump men, men, mentally for at least, I think, a stretch of like four or five. Like, seriously, like any, it, this team used to get derailed so easily. And Daryl's just come in, cleaned up eight years of horse shit and amateurism and just said, no, this is how you're going to be thinking like winners. This is how you're going to play. This is how you should have been playing the last eight years. I watched you on TV for about two weeks and I immediately knew all of your weaknesses. Like what? Yep. Pretty much. It's man. It is so like even the Montreal game, right? Like I went into that being like, yeah, okay. If there's, if we're going to blow it, we might like I went, it was in the back of my mind. But the fact that Lindy comes in, ties it with 20 seconds left, we take the point. I'm like, I'm not mad. Cool. No, no, exactly. Uh, I just want to quickly recap this Minnesota game. Is there anything you want to add on it? Um, Final score was 5-1. We had goals from Kachuk on the power play, Mange, uh, Lindholm uh, to Foley on the power play, and a backland empty netter to seal that one. Mm -hmm. Markey stopped 32 of 33 for a 970 save in that game. The only thing I'm going to add is a five-letter word. Sweep. <laughs> and the Flames only turned the puck over three times that game. Oh. Yeah, that's some uh, beautiful puck possession controlled hockey. Dude, like, just, oh, my God. This is- <laughs> we, we own the Minnesota Wild. That, that's, yeah. that's all. Yeah, we own the state of hockey. If any Wild fans <laughs> click on this video, I'm so sorry. Please don't leave too much hate in the comments. Um, yeah, no, we own you. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, I'm moving on to Montreal, I guess. So that was sloppy. That game was sloppy, sloppy. That was like, that was like me writing my poly paper like three days ago. Like that was not, it wasn't <laughs> ideal. Um, I'm sorry. I got to call out Johnny B. Good memes on this one. He literally made us lose that game. He called Mike Hoffman garbage. He called Sherrod garbage. In his live, he literally said that there's no way the Flames lose tonight, and he guarantees a win. Mike Hoffman finished with four points, and Ben Sherrod had two goals. So I'm putting that one on Johnny B. Good. 
first of all, he had three points that night. And immediately my thought was, so we're going to get the trade call in like in about 10 minutes or so. Like he's here. All he's right. Got, all he's got to do is walk over. Like, uh, like oh. are we, we going to get the trade call or what? Uh, <laughs> like this guy, I think there's no way in hell that he did not hear the amount of like disdain from our fan base of the thought of him coming here and just kind of said, I hate you guys. I'm going to own you for the night. And it's like, okay. But the thing that I found funny was Chirot has a game like that. And even I posted like a joke that was like, oh, like Chirot, like when Johnny, like, did you see how he like, this man went bobsledding in front of Johnny. Like, yeah. like you, like you saw that play, the set, that second goal. Dude yeah, went ankles so out of position. It was like a curling rock, just like, <laughs> like just sliding through. And I posted a thing. I was like, dude, like Chirot is just proving why no one's going to acquire him. And I mean, okay, I posted it. And then then Chirot comes in and does that. And then all these like butthurt Habs fans and even some like weirdos that follow us. I don't even know. They like DM and they're like, ha you're funny good one i'm like okay so we're gonna just act like he's bobby Orr now like what <laughs> like no like the guy the guy still sucks like don't get it twisted like he had a monster game but no like don't don't like yeah. what are you doing he's like oh yeah well we proved you wrong i'm like how about you prove yourselves right first and then we'll talk like what? yeah like i don't know montreal fans like they have nothing to cheer for so Obviously, they're going to be annoying when they beat a good team because they literally have nothing else to look forward to. Um, I don't let I don't let it get under my skin. Um, can we talk about Andrew Mangiapane's shorthanded goal in that game? Comes to, comes in down the right side, off the back, goes so far top shelf over the Hamburglar. Um, beautiful. I thought after that goal. I thought we were going to pick up all the momentum and steamroll Montreal the rest of the night, but good on them for putting in an effort and fighting back into that one. Can I just say like Jacob Markstrom started up that play? He did. Seriously. That was so sexy. Like that was man from Toffoli and Markey. And it's like, there's a reason why you're wearing the guy's Jersey right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think like just in general, the Montreal game was, I think it was just like, it was just sloppy. There was no real, I don't want to say that there was a lack of structure. It's just, there was a lack of timing. Uh, Nothing was in the clear. Not a lot of plays were able to be set. Um, The flames took six penalties. Yeah, yeah, another thing, like penalty trouble, like it's really hard to get, gain any sort of momentum in a game when you're shorthanded for literally the almost the entire period. And it's like, how are you supposed to build off of any sort of cycle when you're killing penalties the whole night? And I mean, I mean, you can, uh, Flames versus refs has been, I'm not, I don't want to be the guy who keeps, you know, going after the referees and using that as an excuse. But at the same time, like, you look at the Vancouver game, you look at Montreal game, even, even last night, like it was, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's something that you have to point out because it's a complete and utter, like, like it's pathetic. It is. 
Um, also compared to the Minnesota game, we turned the puck over 17 times against the Canadians compared to when we beat Minnesota five, one, we turned the puck over three times. Um, so there's, there's a tail there. And Daryl even said it in his presser after the game, he said, we turned the puck over too much. And that's why players got benched. Like Shillington wasn't playing on the power play, um, in the third period of that game and was asked about it, said, turn the puck over too much. You turn the puck over, you're not going to get your ice time. Um, you can't turn the puck over 17 times in a hockey game and expect to win. Twitter has been hard on Shillington the last four games. There have been more obvious giveaways coming out of 58 the last three games for sure. Yeah. Um, it's almost like his timing is a little off. But I don't think that's something that can't be, you know, adjusted. It's not like, oh, no, Shillington was, you know, a miracle story you know, 50 or so games in and after the collision, now he sucks. I'm like, okay, no, just no. Um, like people tell me I'm, I'm a huge Shillington fan. Like I've always raved about the guy and I love him, but the last three to four games, pretty much ever since he got dumped into the boards, um, something's been off. Uh, even like in the Edmonton game, he was fan. He fanned on three one timers in the Edmonton game. Um, he had a brutal turnover at the blue line that resulted in, in a two-on-one back the other way. Um, I don't know what it is. I think he might be playing a little scared, if you ask me personally. I think he doesn't want to – every time that he seems to turn the puck over, it's when he's along the boards. Um, I think he's scared that he's going to get dumped in again. He might be playing a little scared, or he might even be playing a little hurt and just kind of nursing it. I'm not too sure, but uh, I think it, I think it's probably. I don't think it means too much. I think he'll, I'll, I think he'll bounce back. Oh, hundred percent. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone should be reading too too much into it. Um, like at the end of the day, he's still one of the best skaters I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, the guy. You know, to put that that incident was really scary and the fact that he came out of it the way he did almost unhinged i mean there's no way in hell that he's not nursing something really minor out of that right yeah yeah um, for sure i think you know the fact that like what you alluded to like the fact that he could be playing hurt i feel like it could be something that's nagging him more than more than actual fear because i i mean like when i, I don't know how much that plays into a factor unless you're Philip Broberg um you know like I like to me it's like I don't think you 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 see a guy coming that was more or less like a freak accident like a lot of these guys are you know really trained to you know take contact in a sense that you know um I mean I guess what I'm saying is just like I don't think that that should be something that should be harped on too too much I feel like that's you know, give it maybe a few more games. And I think all that stuff will be tidied up. I can't see that continuing into, you know, I can't see him going further into like a sort of decline, like what people are alluding to. Yeah. And even then it's like, who are you, who the hell are you going to have play with Tanev? You know what I mean? Like at the end, like that pairing is just perfect. Um, Even in that Edmonton game, like, yes, he had some bad turnovers and didn't quite look like himself, but did you see some of the defensive plays he had? There was times where Dreisaitl was breaking in on the far side and Shillington 
draped all over him, knocks the puck off his stick, and turns it up ice. Like, he's a young defenseman, and young defensemen always make mistakes, but he's still showing that he's an elite defender in this league. And I, like, yes, he was not the same last night, but he still had some really good plays. And a lot of it also has to do with, like, puck luck and timing. Like, it's not – if you're in the right areas, you're going to eventually score. You're going to produce. Yep. Shillington's been in the right areas more than I think what we've asked from him this season already. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, and back to like the whole turnover thing, you know, I don't think that that, I think that's something that will be cleaned up. I feel like that's just, it's almost like a little bit of panic, I guess. There's not as much, there hasn't been as much composure in him the last four games as there was prior. Um, For sure. The perfect word, actually. And that's, I mean, it's, it's really obvious to note when he's like hesitant to like make a play and then it, and then there's a whiff and it's like, okay, you know, the thing with Shillington is that even when he does make a mistake, there's a, he's such a good skater that there's a 95% chance that that, you know, scoring chance going on, going the other way is going to be contained by him. Yep. And it, it's a really nice talent that he has. I wouldn't harp on it. I don't think that it's, too big of a deal. I just wanted to bring it up because I know a lot of people were, you know, on the let's shit on 58 train the last four games. And it's like, you know, like if you want with how good our team is, like you want something to go, you know, go bitch about. Don't do it on Twitter because a, you're going to look like a clown and B if you're going to make an assumption about a player, you're going to be an ass. And then the um <laughs> will shun you. <laughs> that's all i'm saying so don't make an assumption um yeah. alluding to the whole turnover thing though like just in general uh did you hear what barry trotz said over in new york i know that it's like a little bit different but it, it, it works here. yeah he said turnovers are like ex-wives if you have too many they cost you a lot yep um first of all i'd like to just say barry i don't want to know what your personal situation is <laughs> this man said that out of a place of pain pretty much like, like that's that was brutal i was like oh man he's been through some shit but um yeah. yeah so the montreal game i don't know like richie lewis and richardson look good yeah i mean which is funny because that line even in minnesota they look good but there's absolutely zero finishing ability on that line so it's like okay you're cycling chances you have zone time. Where's the puck going? The International Space Station. That's what I've been saying. Like, oh yes, they've been really good together and, like, really good in on the forecheck and creating turnovers and opportunities. But what's the point in creating a, a slot shot if you can't finish it? Like, the finishing is the most important part. And Brett Ritchie had a chance in that game. With a wide open net, and what does he do again? Uh, Fucking guys it like so far, dude. The amount of talent that that takes, no one can tell me Brett Ritchie is a shitty hockey player because that talent that's talent in and itself. Like, I'm not kidding. How is he trying to far down, like to look sick or what? Like, bro, just okay. Like, I want to see him take a shot where it's ice, like ice level. Like, I don't want to skin raise it. I want to see if that's going to go in five hole, like what, what worked with Luch earlier in the year. 
take a hard low wrist shot and try to sneak it five holes. Stop trying to freaking rip these pucks to the roof. Like, here's a fun fact for you. There has only been one player in the past six years to record zero points with 27 plus games played. That player is Brett Ritchie. Man, I don't know what it is, why there's such a love affair between the, this organization and Brett, especially when, like, you look at your right-handed side and you look at how, you know, deep. Yeah, like, like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, uh, the guy makes 900K to skate around, dude, and chew gum. Like, there's an there should be an analytics, like, a new, like, analytical category. Packs of gum chewed through per 60. Like number number of Haba Baba packets like chewed through three number of pucks hitting the ISS three points zero <laughs> plus minus minus six on a team with a plus fifty nine goal differential how the hell is that even possible? I don't know. And but like, I like, why it's ice time like <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't do we we still have Glenn Godden right or did he go to Edmonton? No, nah, we, we still have Godden. We still have Godden. We still have Phillips. Give you know, him Matthew, a right side. Like, Matthew Phillips is only eight games above a point per game, and he's just, you know, playing in Stockton over a guy like Brett Ritchie. And, I mean, like, you're telling me right now that you don't add Matthew Phillips to this roster, like, within the bottom six, like, within the bottom six, that you're telling me that that's not going to be make your team better? Like, come on, man. We've been sitting here watching this guy just absolutely flub it every chance you could get. And it's like, you can straight up save Cap. Let's yeah. say you call up Matthew Phillips and you send down Brett Ritchie, which will never happen knowing this organization. But let's say that happens. You save Cap. You bury money. Brett Ritchie's deal is a one-way. I don't know why in the hell it's a one-way, but okay. Anyway, you're going to bury a little bit of money, you know, against the cap, but you're still going to have the guy playing in Stockton when you have a more than replaceable guy who could just give you more of a scoring touch. I mean, there's no – I don't know, dude. It's like hilarious. I – Brad, but if you're scared that Brett Ritchie's going to get claimed when he's put on waivers, you shouldn't be because nobody wants that guy. Okay, you're the only guy in the league that wants him. You can have him all you want. Nobody's going to touch him. You guys can have your little love affair together. Just do it from Stockton, please, not Calgary. Like, god damn. Like I, man. Like uh, one, uh, he gets paid 900k to skate around, flub it, take a little bit of contact, and then practice with the team. Yep, that's Whose it. Life is better, Brett Ritchie's or Michael Stone? I'm gonna have to say Brett Ritchie because he actually gets TV time. Like <laughs> he he can actually flex a little bit on the screen, showing that he's out there. And you know what's funny, hey? Like Brett Ritchie. Had a 16 goal season once, you know that, right? In 16, 17. With what? Dallas. Oh my God. In 16, 17, Brett Ritchie had 16 goals and eight assists for 24 points in 78 games and was a plus 11. Wow, Brett, you're an animal. You're an animal, Brett. And then even the year after, 
he had seven goals and seven assists for 14 points. Like he kind of, he was kind of scoring a little bit those two years in Dallas. Like the guy also is a former second round pick. Yeah. That's insane. I think, I think I know what he's up to. Oh, <laughs> he's saving his first point for the playoffs. When it matters. He's, 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 he's scoring an absolute like banger in overtime. It's like game three or something to take a three nothing series lead. Like he's going to come in, toe drag the defender, go to the backhand and like top shelf. And everyone's mind is just going to go. Oh, and, like, he's gonna, yeah. He's going to do it when there's 20,000 people in the dome. There's about <laughs> thousands of people in Stampede Park watching on the Jumbotron. He's going to do it when the bars are packed. He's going to do it on national TV. Like I'm telling you right now, this guy is, this guy is containing all the skill that's inside and he's waiting for the opportune moment to show it. Like that's the only sort of logic that I can use at this stage in the game. Like it's hilarious, dude. I, he's going to walk around the playoffs chewing gum and then roofing it like bar down. And then we're going to be sitting there like, huh, what just happened? I will buy a Brett Ritchie jersey if he scores a banger in the playoffs. I will buy a t-shirt. I do not care. Like, I will wear – I will literally buy one of those name and number, like, fanatic yep. shirts. Like, I do not – like, <laughs> you walk into the, the – like, oh, my God. You walk into Hudson's. You see Noah and I. If you see me wearing a Brett Ritchie shirt, something went really right. But my <laughs> financial decision went really wrong. Like, <laughs> like it's bad. Man, no, he's, he's, he's saving that skill, dude. 100%. You can't tell me otherwise. He's saving his first point for the playoffs. And when it happens, we're going to circle back to this. <laughs> I really. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, anything I... you want to add to the Montreal game? I mean, really. That was pretty much just Brett Ritchie slander. But uh, I think I'm good. Uh, it was <laughs> tough, tough L. Uh, Marky didn't look great. Yeah. I, fatigue looked like it really set in that night, especially. Yeah. You know, like just turnovers alone you know that you know the way that we were playing is just the boys are tired like there's a lot of hockey to be played um you turn the puck over times and give up six power plays you can't expect to win the fact that we got a point out of it is more than we could ask for oh 100 i was so happy when lindholm tied it like i got so juiced i was like hey at least we're getting a point i don't care like if we lose we lose i'll, I'll take it yeah um, can i just say rem pitlick this guy's so good. He's so much better than his cousin. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like so much. Like, it's crazy how much better. Like, dude, like, Pitlick was probably Montreal's, like, like, just strictly not looking at any sort of evidence. Whenever Pitlick was on the ice, I was like, oh, God, this guy's fast. Yeah. Like, he is. Ridiculous. Like, it's just, man, uh, you know what? At least you've got the, you've got the Pitlick fam over in Montreal. And uh, au revoir on to the next game. So Colorado on Saturday. Wow. Can I just say the adversity from the Calgary Flames in that game was next level. Colorado opens the scoring 42 seconds into the game. Quick response. A minute and a half later, the Flames respond with a power play goal from Lindholm. What a shot, by the way. Oh, dude. Lynn, like, Lynn, I'm naming my kid Elias. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Elias yeah. Matthew Gaudreau-Bury. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. 
Um, end of the first. Colorado gets a power play. Burakovsky buries one. Beautiful goal. Not much anybody can do on that one. Beats Ladar. A minute later, Lindholm. Goal. Response. We're tied 2-2. Two, two. Two, two quick responses from just Kachuk feeding him absolute bangers both times, and it's just wild. If you're Colorado Avalanche and they score quick goals on that like you, and you're able to respond the way the Flames did, that shows you that this team is ready to go for the playoffs. They didn't let anything sink in. They didn't let it get to their heads. They went out and they produced literally minutes later after they give up a goal. And tell me that that team didn't want to win that game so bad for Dan Vladar. Oh, okay. This is what I wanted to bring up. So, like, you know, the right before the game started on the Hockey Central panel, um, I'm trying to remember, but Kevin Bieksa, it's Fur, it's Furland, by the way, not Furkland. Just I know that that's you know seven years. That was seven years ago. I just I wanted to make sure you got that clarified. Anyway, um, Kevin Bieksa said that putting Dan Vladar, uh, he called it a sacrificial lamb type move. Kevin, buddy, you clearly don't know that Dan Vladar is a pretty capable young goaltender who is one of the better backups in the league if i'm gonna be completely honest with the sample that we've witnessed out of him um if you know that dan vladar really i don't think anyone on the team was more juiced than he was to get that win and i mean that's the second time that you're putting dan vladar on the road in a hostile environment on the road and you're walking out of that game with a win Yep, 100%. and it just so happens both those games were resulted in, in you know overtime victories. Yeah, um, yeah. Vladar faced eight high dangers against Colorado. He only gave up three. Uh, the one that he gave up in the second period to Nathan McKinnon. I don't think anybody, any goaltender in the NHL, is stopping that shot. First of all, um, that one was a bad turnover that ended up. With a three, on, I think it was a three on two, I believe, and just a beautiful passing play from Colorado. You watch that team play, man. The way some of the passes they make, like even the Islanders game that they played last night, mm-hmm. I watched lights from it, and I was just like mesmerized by what they're doing in the offensive zone. And yeah, I mean, you're gonna give up goals to Colorado. I'm sorry, like you're not gonna shut that team out. They are gonna score a goal every night. But was, just the adverse fight back yeah. that the. Like, got me so juiced. It was – I mean, that Colorado game was the best defensive team in the league versus the best offensive team in the league. And, you know, taking a look at the metrics, like, it was pretty, pretty well played. Like, shots were 37-36. Both power plays went one for two. Yep. Shot attempts were 56-54 in favor of the Flames. Scoring chances were 24-18 to in favor of the Abs. High dangers, eight to six, like what you alluded to. And then expected goals for, we had the slightest edge in that with 52.37. Um, man, that Colorado game, like, I got to tell you, like, that that was watching them win that game and the way they won and the fact that it was probably the most entertaining game that I've watched this season, if I'm being yep. honest. It, it was, was a really good game. Like, really good. Like, the amount of raw emotion – that you're watching in it, it was tense. It was, I want to say it was also scrappy. Like we can allude to Kachuk and Makar in a bit. 
but um yeah yeah like you you take a look like Zadorov's throwing hits on McKinnon there's some beef between Zadorov and Nate hey like since that MJ com- comment that Zadorov made McKinnon kind of hates him it's interesting like they collide in the you know in the first it was hacking at each other a bit I'm just like yeah there's something there there's yeah something- they they have some animosity between each other between each other. They don't they don't like each other too much. <laughs> and I mean like just you know what though like it, the best thing ever was seeing Nathan McKinnon's face just like after the Gaudreau goal. That still I want that framed and I want that put like in my like the man cave like right <laughs> next to right next to the Stanley Cup champions banner. Yeah, he just, just looks dead inside. Just. <laughs> Literally, like he just kind of like he's that goal though. Like as soon as we went to overtime, I'm not gonna lie, I was sitting there, and I was like, "Well, we got a point again, I guess," because we all know how this team plays in overtime this year. Remember Beautiful. Oh, oh, dude, just that pass from Lindholm. If like the selkie conversation, like I'm sorry, but if you don't at least have Kachuk and Lindholm in that category. I don't know what to tell you. Um, we're not going to get into who we think deserves it more than the other, because at the end of the day, we have two candidates. That should be enough to for you to be pleased. Um, but yeah, no, that pass was disgusting. And it's like Lindholm is, dude, like Elias Lindholm is an absolute, oh, just, He's like, words can't describe, dude. Words can't describe how valuable and how ridiculously disgusting he is at the game of hockey he's he's always been good as a flame but this last like two to three weeks he's hitting another gear and it's kind of scary it's another gear i didn't think he had well Um, he leads leads the nhl in goals since february 1st yeah like Um, that's over a month of dominance um just this guy might be the best player in the NHL here soon if he continues uh, <laughs> what he's doing. In terms of ranking all situations, I don't see how you can't include him in that conversation. Like, yeah, he's everyone side like, of the puck. Just dude, Lindholm is just like I, man. Like this is like this team, dude. This team is just so. Breaking good this year. And the fact that, like, even prior to the Colorado game, there were still people that were like, okay, don't get blown out. Don't get blown out. It's like, okay, can we just wait? Can you, like, cool it a bit with the whole, all that negativity that you've been spreading around the last eight years? Because, my God, can we start acting like we have a winning franchise? Just a yeah. little bit, even if it's for a few months. Even if yeah. it's for a few months. Just get in the mentality of not – Harping on guys after every game. And I understand. I mean, I was the biggest. I named the freaking account the Sea of Therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah. if anyone was harping on people, it was me. And yeah. I'm I'm the one telling you, no, this, this year is different. And it has been since we dropped the puck in October. It really has been. And you hear Blake Coleman in that pressure that he had before the game against Edmonton um, asked about, uh, 
something about what, what their goals were in winning the division. Um, he kind of alluded around it, but in the end, he ends up saying, yeah, if we win the division, great, but that's not the goal here. The goal is the Stanley Cup. Um, like, not get you just freaking juiced. Whereas in 1819, the Calgary Flames were way, way too happy to win the West. Way too happy. Well, you well, the second we won the West, Bill Peters started sitting everybody like with seven games left during the season. Yeah. And it was like Colorado's coming in fighting for their lives to get into the wild card. And we're sitting here sipping mojitos. <laughs> this year is different. And anyone who I mean, I, I can understand why we have our reservations. I mean, we all do deep down, but you also have to understand that like the only weak link that I see right now on this team, and I hate to say it, it's Sean Monaghan. Oh, 100%. Um, he's been god-awful. And yeah. it breaks my heart. It really does. Because you watch – he's not even a top 13 forward-level type of producing player this season. Like, he's a – Kent Fourth Wilson. Deep. Yeah, Kent Wilson went on Twitter, made the comparison that he's playing like a fourth-pairing defender right now in terms of his – on ice contribution and i don't and the wait rasha the other day <clears throat> when we were on that call um you told me that he had a comparable uh for advanced analytics would you like to share with the podcast who that comparable is joachim nordstrom joachim nordstrom yeah that's uh something that i thought i would never say or actually hear you say sorry I never um, thought that that would be something that I'd have to like read. Like I yeah. never thought that I'd be comparing scorecards and I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like it breaks my heart. <laughs> it really does. Because I love Monty dude. Like deep down, like how can you not like this guy's been such a staple to this team and like this new, you know, core since Iggy. And it's just like, I, Man, like I, it it hurts seeing him like this, and you know a lot of people are still saying like, oh, but he's doing great defensively. Is he though? No, he's not. I don't want to break it to you, but it, I think Milan Lucic is faster than Sean Monahan. Dude, when Lucic is, when Lucic has his eyes dead set on winning a puck battle. The guy is an absolute unit with legs. Like, this guy is literally, like, he's like a building with an attached motor. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not second, yeah, no, I agree. better skater than Sean Monaghan is right now. Oh, dude. Like, it's, it's not even close. And that's the sad part. Like, you there, look at. There was so many times at the Clinton game where Monaghan went to, like, forecheck behind the net. And I kept saying, why are you doing that? Because you cannot keep up with them back down the ice on the back check he got left behind every time he chased behind the net yeah dude i i it, it hurts seeing him like this it really does it it's not fun for any party involved uh no. i know he definitely does not like the fact that he's at this stage we don't like the fact that he's you know declined this heavy at such a young age like, just, like 
team where it's at right now. Imagine if Sean Monahan was still himself. What this team would be. If Sean Monahan was the even the 17-18 version of himself this season. Yeah, we are going to the cup final if Sean Monahan is, is himself. Like and he's link and he's gonna be the deciding factor on this team down the middle. Like, man, like he's played pretty nicely, I guess, in past playoffs. And, you know, him and Johnny have always taken the complete grunt of the blow. Yeah. Every single spring. But, you know, you take a look at his numbers. Like, Monaghan has showed up when it mattered in years prior. I wonder what sort of role he'll be able to bring come playoff time. I'm not – I'm not expecting him to do anything at this stage. I'm going to just wait and see how it plays out. Um, I like the lines that Daryl had last night. Um, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. So the Edmonton game. Yes. Oh, just first of all, the deserve to wait, win percentage. Let's this- auto game and then we'll move on to the Edmonton one. Let's just, uh, I mean, you can't be more more than happy about that win we beat the best team in the nhl in overtime um it was a great game to watch great game between both teams that's a playoff win i feel like we've been saying that a lot lately but this team is winning a lot of games in playoff style um it's absolutely refreshing it really is and i was more than hyped to see that win watching the Gaudreau overtime winner it was so yeah, the call was awesome. Just man, like when <laughs> man, like when Singh gets to that second note when there's like the opportune moment for a call like that, it's usually really special. <laughs> like that, like that Gaudreau call is right up there with like Ehlers like handing over oil the Edmonton's birth certificate last yeah. year in the playoffs. Like that was yeah. right up there with that. Um uh- yeah, let's hope history repeats itself on Sunday when we uh, meet with the Colorado Avalanche again. If we beat Colorado again at home on Sunday, I am literally going – like, I, I will not take any negativity, any sort of negative comment from anyone, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on our page, or whatever, disregarding this team. If, <laughs> like, because, like, at that point, you're like, oh – my god no this team is like like just get ready for a run please yeah. this is real this isn't this isn't 1819 this isn't even the toronto maple leafs of past years this is genuine heavy big boy hockey and you're able to win those close knit games against those elite teams yeah and <laughs> you want to get to your goal you're gonna you're gonna see colorado in the summer like it, it's just the way it works Right? And man, like just I, I've even seen on a lot of posts, like even Flames posts, fans of other teams are starting to comment now, being like, "Hey, I'm a fan of this team, but like, the Flames are a wagon, and they're actually scary." Like, I saw a couple Leafs fans after the game last night, um, commenting that I've seen a couple Wild fans, some Vegas fans. Like, people are starting to realize that this team is putting something together here. Yeah, like, it's, man, like, oh, 
I love All right, game. move on to the Edmonton game because we got a lot to talk about from that one. I have a lot. Real quick, though, Johnny Goudreau now takes sole possession of fifth in franchise points. The only players in front of this man are Jerome McGinley at 1,095, Theo Fleury at 830, Al McKinnis at 822, and Joe Newendike at 616. Wow. That is the company Johnny Goudreau is in terms of the history of our franchise. And if you're still one of those noobs that thinks that you don't want the guy extended, uh, Mr. Clutch said otherwise. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Edmonton game. Can I just say the deserved to win meter was 69.9%. And to that, I said nice. Nice. <laughs> like, like, damn, you come up with a better number. Um, so, you want to start us off with the lines that we were rolling against Edmonton? Alrighty. So, your new look, quote unquote, second line. And I say quote unquote because I didn't see it as a second line, but it is what it is. Coleman, Backlund, Lewis as a pure shutdown. The McDavid stopper. Out to contain 97. Yeah, they did a pretty nice job at. Not gonna lie, they did. Um, then you had Manjapani, Ruzichka, and Toffoli, and then Lucic, Monahan, and Dubé. So the way I saw it was you had two scoring lines, pure scoring lines, with your top line and your you know quote third unquote line. third line. You had in an, a pretty nice shutdown line, solely to you know with Coleman, Backlund, and Lewis, and then you have the figure it out line. Because he put Luch, Monaghan, and Dubé together on a line and said, do something. If it's not with each other, it's not with anyone else. So let's go. Yeah. That's um, basically what it that's basically the message that was sent, if I'm being honest. And it, I really enjoyed those lines. I'm curious to know if Daryl is going to keep the lineup intact tonight against Washington, or if he's going to revert back to you know Richardson and Richie getting a look back in or what. Um, I really liked that third line. Um, I thought Rizichka was great playing alongside Toffoli and Manjapani. He had that beautiful pass for Toffoli's second goal um, off the backhand. Can I say that that puck rolled all the way to Tyler Toffoli and he just controlled that thing like it was nothing and it was off his stick like that. Like that. Tyler Toffoli is elite. I don't care what anyone says. Like, I like the way this guy has one of the highest IQs I've ever seen in my life. Like, with and without the puck. Yeah. He's an absolute, he's an absolute animal, dude. And he knows, he knows where to set up. And if you know where to set up and you know where your stick should be, you're going to score goals. And that's what happened last night. Like, God damn. God like, damn. I was jumping around in my living room after that Toffoli, Toffoli second goal. Like, it was beautiful. Dude, that second goal, the second, uh, second, like, he's skating down. I just stood up. I'm not even kidding you. I stood up, turned around, and just looked at my dad and went like this. And then he scored. Like, I knew, like, it was like David Riddick vibes from 1819. Like, left him no, no T. Like that, like I'm not kidding. Like I saw him break in like that, and I turned around. I'm like, this is going in. And I just went like this, and then it scored. And I literally, like, I almost lost my voice screaming last night at how hyped I was. Cause yep. I'm gonna get a Foley jersey. 
I think it's decided. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get my white. I'm going to get the road jersey that I have customized with Toffoli at the back. That's awesome. I'm yeah. I, for that. Um, I haven't seen a shot like that from a Calgary Flame in a long time. That thing was a freaking heat seeker. Like, dude, like just uh, Tyler Toffoli is just an absolute magnet to everything that's good in life. And I, like, <laughs> Like the second this guy gets traded, I've never seen the fan base more united about something in my entire life. Yeah. So he gets traded, you know, fans are going out to the airport. Shout out to one of our followers. His name is Dylan. He was at the airport who met him at the time. And uh, shout out to another account who's our 80th subscriber. I posted this thing saying that they're promising yeah. that. So I'm going to obviously... Yeah go to that so shout out to nicolash i think that's how you say your name i don't know but <laughs> yeah that's um that you but good stuff dude and like tyler Tofoli, i've never seen i've never seen something that has actually brought our fan base together so tight-knit like you had the buy-in from the team and that Tofoli trade just solidified the buy-in from the fans ever since that Tofoli trade everywhere i go or every time there's like a flames game on there's always people cheering now when I'm there. When before, that never happened. Like, Dude, the like, Flames gone in the bar, and, like, the Flames would score, and, like, me and my buddies would be like, hell yeah, like, we start cheering at the table, and everybody's, like, looking at us, like, who the hell are these weirdos sitting over here? But now, before, the entire bar is cheering, and it's oh. just, oh, I love it so much. The buy-in from the fans is what's really going to, like, get behind this team and drive them through to the finish line here, I think. Um, and I can't see this team slowing down except for maybe a few games here and there from a fatigue basis. But even then, like, I don't – like, Johnny Goudreau, bro, can you sign, please? Can – whoever the – like, Craig Conroy said that Tree and uh, Snowy were going to be in charge of handing out the deal. I hope it's printed. I hope it's, like, in the drawer, ready to sign. I know that you haven't talked yeah. to him about it, but it better be, like, lined up. I don't care how much you want to give the man in bonuses. I don't care what you got to do to keep him here. But, like, dude, Mr. Clutch. Like, you want to talk about – everyone always harps on Johnny Goudreau's, like, past playoff performances and whatnot. But this season has been nothing short of playoff hockey for 55 games. And Johnny Goudreau is on pace for 107 points or 108 points, if I'm not mistaken, something in that range. And like, oh my God, dude, John, like that goal last night, just to solidify it, just to make it 3-1, just come in whoop, right by Kaufman. Undress him. Just tuck it. Dude, like I, this team, it, it gets my, it gets me like it, is it hot in here. No, just, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I do want to show some love to uh to Noah Hannafin. He oh played a great game last night. What that a game dive he had against McDavid. McDavid was in all alone, full stretch, knocks the puck off the stick of McDavid, and all night he was solid. He didn't do anything offensively. He was very quiet offensively, but in his own end, he shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, they were held pointless against us for the first time in fucking god knows when thank god like those guys um, us every time but 
the entire decor did a great job of shadowing and shutting down those guys. And like, just dude, again, like Noah Hannafin to me, I, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Foley, and for good reason. I think Noah Hannafin is, if it's not, if my pick isn't Tyler Toffoli, my pick for player of the game was Noah Hannafin last night. Yeah. Because seriously, like, I, he looked so just calm, composed, so tight-knit. Him and, like, the, the entire decor looked good last night, but Noah Hannafin just was on another level. And, again, like, as you alluded to, that diving play was just, like, I love 55. I always have since we traded for him. And I, he was always a prospect that I enjoyed watching since, you know, watching him get drafted in the McDavid draft Yeah, when he was in Carolina. So like when the trade happened in 2018, like I was like, Oh shit. Like that, like Noah Hannafin could be a huge piece for us in a few years. And because a lot of people forget he was a fifth overall pick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people forget that, like, Lindy, Lindy's also a former fifth overall pick, too. Um, And, like, you take a look at it, and it's like both those guys, I think, have found real homes here and have settled in really, really nicely to being Calgary Flames. Definitely. And it just – it makes me really happy to see. And, yeah, no, shout-out to Noah Hannafin. I absolutely – I love the guy. I have a crazy stat on Noah Hannafin because he is only uh, he's only 25 years old, mm-hmm. um, but he's already played a ridiculous amount of games in the NHL. Dude, Noah Hannafin has he has played. Yeah. Where is it? I think he's played. He's already almost at 500 or something like that. Something crazy like that. Um, 490 career games played already at 25 years old. Yeah. This guy's going to hit his 1,000th game by the time he's 30. Yeah. He could play, like, close to 2,000 games if all, <laughs> if all things go well. Like, I hope they're all here. <laughs> I want that sort of – I want that sort of uh, flex. Like, that's so sick. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Back to the I love uh, penalty kill shuts down the fourth or fifth best power play in the league all night. Edmonton had four power plays. Um, Every time they had a power play, though, they couldn't get anything going. They didn't have much offensive zone time. They didn't really get many shots on net on the power play. I don't know if you have the stat on how many shots they did get, um, but like, oh man. If you're able to shut down that power play the way the Flames did with four guys on the ice, like, come on. Just everybody was in every passing lane, getting in front of every shot. It was very old school in that sense as well. Like, you look at the, the way that they defended, that's very old school style hockey right there. And just... Oh. Markstrom, great. Markstrom was unreal. Markson got um, his ninth shutout, just like what we alluded to. I don't yep. care. Like, I don't care. If the fact that a play like that is allowed to happen with no repercussion is just really stupid to me. And I don't know it what is. you could do. I don't know what you could do to change that rule of like not allowing, you know, linesmen to be in play 
like to count as a body on the ice. Like, I don't know what you can do to change that, but it's doesn't change the fact that it's not that it doesn't change the fact that it's stupid. I know. Yeah. Markstrom should have shut up. Uh, Can we also talk a little bit about who Tyler Benson is and who does he think he is? What a cuck. Seriously. Did you see that? What he got, when he got the misconduct at the end of the game, bro, like kept talking. I was like, dude, like he's like waving goodbye to the rest. Like buddy, you lost. We're waving you goodbye. Like get out of the saddle dome, kid. Have so, fun back, back down in freaking wherever your AHL team is. I don't even know. What is it? The something called Bakersfield. Yeah. He's going to end up back down there in two weeks' time. I guarantee it. Once they get healthy again. He's just sitting there like, dude, like, I, like, I, he's even at the end of the second, he was like chirping the refs and the flames and like laughing. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny to be out here. Like, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Like, you want to fight Luch and keep acting the way that you're doing? Or <laughs> like, he, he... yeah, dude, Ty, that was, that was just weird. Like I was looking at his antics. I was like, you have an unnecessary high level of testosterone right now. Like you need to cool it. Yeah. Like just, it, uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> so stupid. He's like, you're right. Like he's not going to be on the team when they're healthy. Like they're yeah. really shorthanded right now. And it's like, all right, have fun. Have fun in Bakersfield. This is literally like <laughs> they, the Oilers were missing seven regulars last night. He was looking like the doucher veil, like the douche male version of the queen of England, like with the wave, like just <laughs> like, like, like Prince Harry, like without the royal contact, and like with a shave, like that's what that was. <laughs> like, uh, like the elite defenseman himself, Darnell Nurse, for uh, gifting Johnny Gaudreau with that breakaway goal last night. Um, can I just say, Darnell Nurse, I, I like he's the only good D man they have. Like it's actually, it's actually sad to watch because you go on Twitter and Oilers fans are like. We need to get rid of him. I'm like, you morons just signed him to an eight-year extension, paying him more than Kale McCarr, but he's not going anywhere. And if, oh. if you think he's the problem on your decor, off your prescription. Yeah, literally. Well, like, I've seen so many Oilers fans all year calling him elite and saying that he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Mm. Are you just saying that? Because you think he's good, or is it because he has to play 35 minutes a night every night for your franchise because you have nobody better to play? Like what a joke. What a joke. What a uh, yeah. Joke. Imagine having imagine having two generational talents on your team, and you can get into whether or not Leon is or isn't, but at the end of the day, they've been rotating within the scoring race the last four or five years, so you can say what you will. Imagine having two of those talents on your team and you're still barely a fringe playoff organization. Yep, you're not sitting in a playoff spot right now. They are on the outside looking in. They are four yep. points out. Yep. Third in the division. What a joke. What a, like, my, that's literally like the most unbiased take too. Like you just look at what the team did over the summer. Anyone thought Edmonton was going to be a threat this season, like what you were expecting them to be? Get your head out of your ass. I don't yep. care. You don't, you don't bring in Keith and Cody Cece and all these 
ridiculous, just nonsensical moves on your back end and run with your tandem again of Smith and Koskinen and expect that you're going to be a contender. Yeah. Like you, like I want to, I, I want what you're having. If you were delusional enough to think that they were cup contenders this year, like seriously, <laughs> like if you want to talk about delusion, here's someone who's finally not delusional. This is Wit from Spit and Chicklets. I don't know if you heard what he said, but I'm going to play the clip. Another Oilers loss. In the saddle, dome, the chanting Oilers suck. You can't even argue it. This thing. This thing. It's going to happen in your It's pathetic. <laughs> The power play so bad did nothing. The only goal we got was off the rest foot. Luckiest I've seen uh, in quite some time. What else? How many defensemen on the Oilers wear a number in the 80s? 80, 84? Just a, 86? Is that one? It's a, just a brutal, brutal look. Bunch of defensemen wearing the number 80s. Sick and tired of this. Holy. The earring comment is alluding to that bet that he has with Biz. Yeah. And like, can I just say a shout out to Biz for calling us the best team in Alberta? Because bro knows what he's talking about. He does. He really does. And it's not even arguable anymore. Oh, it's not. I'm, it's not even close. After the last time we lost to the Oilers, it was arguable who was the best team because obviously we were 0-2 against them. Mm-hmm. But sorry, we just smoked you. And we are way, way, way ahead of you in the standings. When? We're the best team in Alberta. You have Connor freaking McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on your roster. And you're barely relevant. Yep. Barely. Barely. You have two of the leading scorers in the league, year in and year out, rotating with each other for who's going to take home the heart. And you can't build a competent team around them. How on earth is that possible? I, yeah, I don't know. Remember when, remember when they fired Tippett and hired Woodcroft and then won like five in a row and the entire city of Edmonton was going crazy. It's Woodcroft season. It's Woodcroft season. And I think I even said to you, it's the same thing as Daryl. There's a little honeymoon phase. You're going to win some games. And then you don't have the time to work with the team. You have a busy schedule. Things don't click. Everything falls apart. What is happening in Edmonton? You know, what they should have been saying is easy schedule season in those five games because the second their schedule got hard, they folded like a bunch of babies. Yeah, pretty much. They literally curled up into a ball. Like it was like it's. And what did the tip it last night mm-hmm. after this when they were losing? Oh my God, what do I have left to do? Put Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line. Oh my God, I need to. Still didn't work for you. Like, I mean, what other option do they have with that roster construction, though? Like, I genuinely feel bad for whoever's coaching that team. Ken Holland basically said, Here's a bag of shit. I'm selling it to the entire city of Edmonton, and they're buying in. Can you help this team get to where it's supposed to go? 
I'm sorry, who's Darnell Nurse's like partner? Cody CC? Yeah, Cody CC partner. Well, usually Harry, but you know, Cody CC, Cody CC should not even like shout out to his agent. Shout out to Ken Holland for signing that thing. My God. Unbelievable. It's it's hilarious. And the, the fact that Edmonton is the Oilers are bad, dude. The Oilers, I called it in the summer. I even kept saying it to everyone I know. I was like, I don't think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Like, from my actual unbiased standpoint of just looking at what they did in the offseason, I'm like, this doesn't look like a playoff team to me. And everyone <laughs> usually said, oh, yeah, but McDavid and Dry, they're going to carry. I'm like, McD- give me the number of seasons that both Leon and Connor have won the heart with the Oilers not clinching a playoff spot. Yeah. It's not like they, it's not like they're not interchangeable. I would just like to say that the Calgary flames are right now 11 points ahead of the Edmonton Oilers in the standings and the Anaheim ducks are only one point behind them and Vancouver too. Can I just say we're 11 points ahead with two less games played? Yep. Edmonton's played 57. We played 55. Like, don't even, don't even, don't even, don't even think. Don't Look even. at the whole difference. We're plus 59. They're plus two. What a joke. What a joke. Seriously. <laughs> that, actually, it's pathetic. Like, it's, it's not. Like, how is that even possible? Like, <laughs> that is, that's ridiculous. That is we ridiculous. Should- Kings. They're in second place in the Pacific right now, 71 points. And they've been playing really lately. The Los Angeles Kings are like low-key the 2015 Flames right now. Yeah, that's our biggest contender is the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, Vegas has fallen off. They've won two in a row now. Um, Eichel, he's starting to find himself. He had that sick goal um, Mm -hmm. with like five seconds left to win that game. but yeah, the Kings are on a three-game win streak. They're chomping at the Flames' heels a little bit. But I think Calgary continues to to push that gap. Yeah, can't, we we're we're asserting our dominance pretty much every every night that we're playing. And I I'm very intrigued to see uh, how tonight in Washington goes. I just want to let you know that Dan Vladar is starting tonight. Nice, I like that. So Steinberg tweets. Looks like Dan Vladar starting tonight versus Washington. He's in the starters net at optional skate this morning. Brad Richardson, Brett Ritchie, and Michael Stone are the only skaters. So it looks like the same lineup from last night. Nice. Okay. So the only I like that. Probably going to be Vladar in net, and I'll take it. Vladar, last time we played Washington, Vladar was in net. That was, I think, what, game four, game three of our season. Yeah. Um, and that was a W on a Saturday morning. It was. I'll take Dan Vladar in um, in there, hundred percent. Also, I just want to say, from our, I guess, I also just want to add, um, prayers up for James Borelli. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, uh, he's yeah. Uh, yeah, right now, um, but hopefully he can pull through. And everybody thinks that he that he will. Um, they say he's all he's a strong guy. He's he'll pull through. Um, I just wanted to ask you, kind of to end this, do you think the lines are going to be the same against Washington? Do you think Lewis is still going to be on that second line, or are we going to see Manch back up there? See, usually on nights like today when there's optional skates, we don't really you, – you never really know the whole 
project right. lineup until warm-up. Yep. My guess is, is that if, I guess it'll be interesting to see at around seven, at around like 6.30, what gets, you know, tweeted out there. I kind of want to see that lineup get another look. I don't know. That's just me. I really like seeing Ruzicka in between Manj and Toffoli. I think that there's something there between Ruzicka and Toffoli. They had some pretty nice chemistry last night. I don't want to see that line broken up. If like I, I I'm cool to see uh, even give Dubé or Lucic a shot on that second line and move Lewis down to the fourth. Um, if that's something that you want to do, if you feel like that line didn't generate enough offensively, um, but don't break up that third line. I thought they had something special last night. I thought they played really well against the Oilers. Um, they generated a lot of changes. Toffoli was buzzing all night alongside Rozichka. Even Manj, he, he was kind of quiet on that line. He, he wasn't doing most of it. Um, it was more the center and, and right winger that was driving play there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what yeah. a good week. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Flames fan, seriously. What a this, time. This is special. It is. And, um, yeah, that's just all I have to add. That the Calgary Flames are tied with the Carolina Hurricanes for the least amount of goals given up in the NHL this year. Both teams have only given up 134 goals, and there is nobody else that's even close, really. Actually, the New York Rangers, they've given up 139. But other than that, everybody else is in the 50s. Um, go Flames, go. That's all Hell I can yeah. say. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All righty. Thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thanks, everybody.